What's going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, back in studio again today, pre-recorded, as I always do, doing these COVID-19 times. And man, do I got a good one. I got somebody who is probably one of the most inspirational people that I have ever seen on YouTube. This is my first time meeting him, but it's an absolute honor. I'm not going to waste any more time. Please help me welcome Mark Merrow to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? George, I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. I'm going to sit down and talk wrestling with you. I'm going to talk positivity with you. I'm going to talk hope with you. Mm. And that's something that's really special. Uh, in doing my, uh, my preparation for these interviews, I always do my research and I pride myself on trying to make sure my research is as on point as it could possibly be. And uh, with you, it was really easy because a lot of the information is very obtainable, but a lot of it is also from you. Coming, the words are coming directly from you, which makes the research so much more easier because you know it's truthful because it's coming right from the horse's mouth. So one of the first things I want to talk about is that amazing viral video that kind of blew up DDP. I know he filmed it for you. <laughs> one with the story with your mom. Uh, my wife and I watched that a bunch of times in preparation for this interview. We even watched it with our 11-year-old daughter. And man, like literally 20 seconds in, your eyes are already starting to water. It is like one of the most emotionally uh, truthful moments I've ever seen. Can you talk to me about that experience and, and, and what that speech has meant to so many people? I think we often take for granted the very things in life we should appreciate. And there's no love greater than a mom, maybe other than love, love of God or God's love, but a mother's love is just incredible. And, um, you know, and I, I just... I was just uh, treating my mom terrible growing up. You know, it was always about, you know, you, you, you young people are sometimes so selfish. They don't think about what parents go through. And, and you know, my mom got divorced when I was eight years old and, and you know, hearing her cry and, and seeing what she went through never even really dawned on me till really later on in life, you realize as an adult, what it's like to go through with kids or, or situations in life that you have to deal with. So you never really think about that, but you know, it was just an honest, um, it was just an honest piece of, of what I wanted to share with the audience about my mother. And what it was is I was doing schools in the Atlanta area. So I, I often stay with, with Dallas. And uh, so DDP has got the whole, you know, the yoga program where he's got people filming a DDPY all the time. And, and uh, he said, Hey guy, he goes, Mark, do you mind if the guys come and film your presentation today? And I said, sure. I mean, I have a sign release from the school that you know, we always get sign releases because we often show kids from the presentation. So um, they were allowed to come and they filmed it. And about a week later, he said, Hey bro, these guys put together like this five minute video from your presentation. Do you guys, you mind if we put it up. You never know. It might go viral. <laughs> and I said, sure, go right ahead. And uh, he put it up and he called me, I don't like a day later. He goes, can you believe there's already a hundred thousand views on that video? And then 10, uh, you know, 200,000 and a million and 5 million. And then it just kept going on and on and on. And, and, um, but it also opened up so many doors for me presenting all over the world. I went to Russia and spoke at schools in Russia. Uh, last year we were in Guatemala. And we average about 230 events a year up until the pandemic came. Um, and now we're just doing, we're doing virtual events until we can go back and do live events. Uh, I, I got to tell you though, uh, I really miss those students. I, I miss those live interactions with the, the kids. And because, you know, you often see a lot of kids that get very emotional 
And sometimes when you're at a point where you realize that you're not alone and other people are going through things in life, it's easier to talk about. And I, th I see kids that are able to open up about what situations they're going through, whether it's depression or anxiety and even suicidal thoughts. And I think we've been able to save a lot of kids' lives. I, I think you have too. There's actually one story that um, you've shared. I believe it's on your website and on your YouTube page about a little girl who tried to end her life by hanging herself the day before you were supposed to speak at her school. And the rope break, for whatever reason, call it God, call it divine intervention, something caused that rope to break. And the next day, you were at her school. Yeah. And I believe uh, not too long ago, she welcomed her first child. <laughs> yes. It's just, you know, she's been a, a friend of mine for, for so many years now. I mean, since uh, I spoke at her school, I mean, she was in middle school back then and now she's a mom and, and she lives an incredible life. And, and I think about, you know, the, the, us being in each other's life, you know, because she, she attempted suicide and she, she didn't want to be here anymore. And, and the presentation she said gave her hope. And that's what, you know, when you have hope in your heart, you, you'll never walk alone. And, um, and that's what I encourage, you know, we all go through adversity and light and through our struggles, we often find our strength. And we look at some of the hardest parts of our life has really developed into who we are today. And so I've taken those adversities in my life and I've, I've, put them together in a, into a presentation that I believe helps a lot of people because it's just, it's just being raw. It's like, you know, I'm no different than anybody else, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, whether you go through, we all go through some type of depression. We all go through hard times, you know, when people say, oh, I know I'm, I never get depressed, you know, it, it, you're only lying to yourself because we all go through stuff in life, you know, the loss of a loved one, a broken marriage, um, you know, whether it's losing your job or, or, you know, something that happened in your life, a breakup with, with a boyfriend or girlfriend or something like that. Absolutely. And I, 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 those words really resonate with me because um, I, uh, you know, I've lost somebody who's very special to me. I, I haven't suffered a lot of loss in my life, but my grandfather was very, very special to me. One of my biggest fans and supporters. And I lost him a few years ago. And it was a really trying time for me as a kid. Also, just filled with incredible anger. Didn't know where it stemmed from or why it stemmed from. Had a pretty good home life for the most part. But let's just say my parents and I didn't always see eye to eye. I was that kid who caused my parents a lot of stress. Late nights out, a lot of problems, hung around the wrong, the wrong people. And there's something that you've said in that video that's resonated with me. Um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I hung around some horrible people. But now I've got a great crop of friends, my brothers that I consider. And it wasn't until I was 18 that I guess my divine intervention happened where I met the love of my life, my wife. We've been together since we were 18. And um, I'm 37 now. So almost 20 years together, 13 years married this May. Uh, we've got two beautiful little girls. And for whatever reason, I wasn't really much a believer in faith or God at that point. I've actually lost my faith when my grandfather passed away. I didn't know why God took him from me. Um, but my wife, she brought that back. She brought the fire back. Um, the reason to live back. And yeah, you know, not every marriage is perfect. It takes work, but there's nobody else that I could see walking through this crazy journey with other than her. But your words really touched me on that because, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that makes perfect sense from what I've gone through. And the amount of lives you've touched, the amount of, of people that you've probably inspired to change has got to be one of the most rewarding feelings in the world. I'm rewarded just talking with you, man. 
You're like, I was so excited this whole morning. I was like, I'm going to be talking with the power of positivity. We are (laughs) going to talk wrestling for sure. But next to you, uh, DDP is also a bucket list interview of mine. He's like one of the most positive people. I'm going to get him one day. I'm positive that I'm going to get him one day. And hopefully he's watching. And he's like, I'll put in a good word for you. Oh my God, I would freak out if I got an email from him. It's so funny because, you know, I I do the the yoga with him. And we're we're just so close. I I actually moved to Atlanta a few months ago uh, from Florida. Florida, so I'm I'm not I'm 20 minutes from him now so we're together wow. a lot more now which is really cool but you talk about getting together with with two guys just inspire each other right I'm gonna say do you guys try to up the ante on who inspires who more bro I, I, I'm feeling the yoga today yeah but I like I'm feeling this today bro let's do that yeah you know it's like we fill in the gaps you know it's like <laughs> things that we both uh, experience or go through or you know because we deal with a lot of people that are going through adversity you know, you take out a lot of pain. People don't often understand that when you're dealing with the kids, people that are depre- depressed or going through hard times or or in Dallas's case, people that are, are grossly overweight or really, you know, suffering from anxiety or depression or even suicidal thoughts when you get to a certain point in your life that you just feel like there's no hope. So we both deal with it on a daily basis. So we often, you know, you know, bounce things off of each other and we're able to help each other keep, you got to stay strong, man. You got to, you got to be a light in this dark world, you know, and you got to keep shining. And there are days that, um, you know, I often get about a hundred messages a day through social media and we scan through them because we look for key, the keywords, you know, suicide or, or certain things that, that people are experiencing and you, you do your best to help them. But I got to tell you, it, it, it sometimes weighs on you. By the end of the day, you're like, I don't want to open another email, especially if you go through four or five that are really tough ones, you know, and uh, especially parents that are begging you to talk to their their child. And, and the thing is, there's not enough time in a day to reach everybody, you know, so you try to, that's why we do these presentations and we do online stuff so we can reach as many people as possible. But to do a, uh, when you're talking to someone one-on-one, Dallas and I will often both call someone they're like I can't believe you called me you know and it's it's actually a really fun thing because it gives a person hope or it makes a person smile or it makes them you know hang on for another day you know and if you can get them to hang on for another day get them to hang on for another week another month another year and then they get through that 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 spot in their life that they're going through that dark place I, absolutely I mean I geeked out when I sent the email off I was like man I would be awesome if he got back to me but he's probably so busy he's probably got a thousand emails and then you're like yeah, let's do it. I was like, oh my God, Mark Merrill <laughs> well, got back to me. Like, this is crazy. We do it. We do a lot of these podcasts, you know, and, and, and I often feel like, gosh, I don't want people to hear the same thing over and over again, you know, but it, everybody hits differently, you know, it's, and it's not that, you know, my story is my story. Obviously the things I've overcame my life. Uh, I lost my little brother and sister. They both died at 21. Uh, my mom died at 58. My dad died while I was holding in my arms, you know, of course, losing so many of our friends in the wrestling industry was uh, a traumatic. Many of us had experienced uh, our, our, some of our close friends that, that left us so soon. Um, but, you know, and, and family members, you know, uh, last year I lost six very close friends and family members, um, whether it was cancer or uh, an illness or, or, or older age or what a hard heart disease or whatever it was. But I went through a, a tough year last year. And it doesn't get easier, you know, but the famous Dr. Seuss quote was, um, don't cry because they're gone, smile because you had it, you know, and, um, and, and, and I do, I think about whenever I get down, I think about the, the, the memories, the good times that I, I've had with different friends or family members that, that have left me too soon. 
Absolutely. And you know what? You can dwell on those moments. But I, what I do now, especially with my grandfather, uh, he didn't speak very good English. He's Italian immigrant, came over to Canada for a better life for his family. But the one thing I always remember is the way he used to sing happy birthday. So off key, uh, so rough around the edges because he had this very deep voice. But it's something that if I'm having a rough day, I'll think about that. And I just sit there and smile. I go, oh, no, no. I, you know, 60 some odd years on this planet and you still couldn't get the words to happy birthday. Right. But do I, do I want to hear it sometimes even more? You know what I mean? You know what I, I often helps me too. And I, I share this with a lot of people is that, you know, like for, for example, you with your grandfather, you know, if, if he was ever, you know, when, when you go into that maybe depression or, or, or sadness or, or bitterness or anger with God or whatever it is that you go through when you lose someone you love like that or that someone was so inspirational or powerful in your life, you know, I think about what they would say to you, you know, if, if, they, could, if they could just come here and say, you know, come on, man, st stop it. I'm in the best place in my life, you know. Uh, I want to see you live a victorious life. I don't want to see you depressed or, or moping around. That would break their heart if they ever could see that. So that, that I know my mom, my dad, you know, they would never want to see me depressed all the time or living a, a sad life. It would break their heart, man, to see that. Absolutely. And you know what, uh, not only with the inspiration that you have, um, I do want to get into some wrestling and then we'll circle back to hope because I do want to touch on your amazing organization and what hope stands for. But um, I discovered you when you debuted at WrestleMania 12, when you, you know, saved Sable from my guy. I've always been a terrorizing Triple H dude. When he did the curtsy, I was all about, I still am to this day. Yeah. Triple H is my guy. And you debuted against him. And that was hard for me because I was like, I really like this guy. But Triple H is my guy. So it's hard to really pick. When you got two guys you like going at each other, man, it sucks. Because as a fan, you're sitting there going, if I like him one day, but if I like him the next, maybe I could schedule how much I like each other at the time. Ah, forget it. I just got to pick a side and stick with it. So when you debuted and had to feud with, you know, Triple H, one of the up and coming stars as yourself at that time, how was that storyline, building that story, especially having your, your wife involved in the storyline at the time? Because it's hard sometimes to miss business and personal in in the wrestling world well you know i mean part of the reason why i brought my wife to wwf is you know i was on the road all the time with wcw like like any of the wrestlers and i just we got married in 94 and i i signed my contract with wwf at the time it was wwf uh in 96 and i remember that you know, being on the road so much we, we, in, a, in a kind of a new marriage, I didn't want it to, I, I didn't want to go through a divorce. I didn't want to go through problems. So one of the things I said to her was, how about if I bring you on the road with me and have you as my valet? And so we agreed on it. And it was one of those family decisions we made. Um, so we were both on board with that. Um, so it was not that, that wasn't really the problem. It was, you know, working with Triple H was, it was an honor, it was a pleasure, man. He was, He's one of the most talented guys out there. And, you know, it's funny because the, the guys I wrestled most in my career, um, because I wrestled Triple H, you know, when he was John, when he was um, uh, terrorizing with WCW and, um, uh, you know, wrestled so many times with WCW. And then, of course, we both went over to WWE. But the other guy is Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, DDP guys that I've had hundreds of matches with because we were both in programs uh, through a couple of different companies. So uh, I learned so much from him because he was, so, he was so much more talented than I was. You know I mean? I was, remember I, I, I started wrestling 
1990, I signed my first contract with WCW in 91. So I was fairly green and I learned a lot from, uh, from, from um, Triple H. And uh, I always, um, you know, I'm always blessed that I was able to work with someone like that, that I could learn from night after night in the ring. Uh, but uh, going, then going to WWE, you know, who they put me in my first feud with was, was him. And, you know, and it's funny because it turned around really good for him because his first belt he ever won in, in, in wrestling WWE was the Intercontinental title, which he won from me. Because that Mr. Perfect hit me over the head of the chair. <laughs> I was waiting for the Mr. Perfect. I was, waiting, I was like, he's going to say something about Kurt. He's got to. <laughs> he's, no, he's another guy that I, I loved working with, man. What? Oh my gosh. It was like, there are certain guys that you would you just call it a night off. You know what I mean? It's like, the, yeah. like you don't have to think of nothing. You just go out there. You don't got to say a word. But, but uh, you know, guys like uh, um, Mr. Perfect, Eddie Guerrero was another one, Ric Flair. Um, guys that you just would just gel with or mesh with that were so easy to work with because they were they, they, they were so talented, you know? Absolutely. And you actually talked a lot. I listened to the Vicky Guerrero podcast as well, just to kind of do some additional research. And you guys had an amazing conversation. Uh, I Vicky's been a former guest of mine. I, I love her to death. She's a fantastic human being. And also like you, just, just happy about life and so positive. It, it's ridiculous. Sometimes the energy that you bring, you guys were both excited in that conversation. You spent a lot of time talking over each other because you were just so excited during that, that interview, but you didn't, you mentioned about Eddie. And that's interesting because I always love to hear the background stories. You mentioned that Eddie was just a hugger. And, you know, the Eddie Guerrero oh. that I know on screen wasn't a hugger. Yeah. He would lie. He would cheat. <laughs> he would steal. He would do all those underhanded things. I just can't imagine that character. And then going back behind the curtain being like, bro, that was amazing. Thank oh, you so yeah. much. <laughs> you know? Like he was just, I got to tell you, you know, we, we lost when I was in wrestling. There was, there was probably around 30 people that died over the years I was there that Oh man, and everyone hit you hard, but I don't know something about when Eddie passed on. It was one of the hardest ones um, because we were we were close, and and like I said, um, you know, you know, he'd, he'd actually find me before matches, or I'd find him before my match, and we'd actually pray together. You know, we'd get on our knee and we'd pray. It was very, very. He had a strong faith, you know, and uh, and of course, you know, you guys even seen our match. We hugged. We we, we hugged in the ring on, after our match uh, on uh, Nitro. That's on uh, on YouTube. But um, just just such a warm person, you know, and, and and a guy that I don't know, everyone loved him, you know. He was like he was like so well received in the locker room. Just to just oh man, when you walk in, he'd be like, hey, Eddie, what's up, brother? You know, he's just one of them guys. He's one of those guys that definitely leaves an impression. As a fan, he's left an impression, and, and definitely I felt the loss when we lost him. But shortly after we we lost him, and I have to touch on, we're not going to touch on the history on this one because it's such a taboo subject, but we also lost Chris Benoit and his family. And right after that, um, I, I believe that maybe a lot of people haven't said this to you, but then you started pioneering an initiative, in, in my honest opinion. You went all on all the news shows. They're talking about the drug use in wrestling. Guys afraid to lose their spots. They just take some painkillers, get back out there because they don't want to lose that TV time, which was so precious. Contracts were not like they are now. There was no wellness program like there is now. And I firmly believe that without you speaking out and kind of having to be that sacrificial lamb because you were bastardized over it, you were hated over it, you were not welcomed back into the business. Without you being that sacrificial lamb, we wouldn't have the wellness program and the testing we have in place now. And I want to put that on wax and say that without you speaking your truth, there wouldn't be these programs now. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the comments are going to read when I drop this interview. It's the truth. 
without you going on all those news shows and speaking, and you weren't doing it for publicity, you were doing it to help. I really believe that was where hope and everything kind of started because you had hit rock bottom. I knew about the three overdoses. I knew that I was just, every time I read those stories in the paper, I was like, man, I hope he gets better. I hope he finds, you know, that piece that he's looking for and all that stuff. And, and you did. And, and through it all, you came out better on the other side. And despite what the wrestling world will say, I will put it on wax and say, without you speaking out, we wouldn't have, the, if we had had those programs earlier, we might've caught Eddie's enlarged heart. If we had had those programs earlier, we could have maybe got to Chris Benoit and figured out what he was stealing. If we just had a therapist on the team, instead of just doctors looking at bones, a lot of things could have changed. We could have saved so many lives had we had those programs earlier. So I believe your, your sacrifice and your pioneering of those programs is the reason why they're in place. So from a wrestling fan, because now I believe that those programs have saved so many of the stars that I love and my daughters love and my wife loves. I want to say straight up, Mark, thank you. Because if you didn't make those sacrifices, we wouldn't still have the guys we have around now for the longevity that we've had them. So, and that's a credit to you. And I'm putting that on wax straight up. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. You know, it's uh, you gotta be proud of who's looking back at you in the mirror every day. And, you know, and, and, and it wasn't about this guy did this or this guy did that. It's like, this is what I did, man. And I, what I did to, to me and my body and, and what I went through and, and, um, you know, the heartache I, I went through and, and, and families that lost so many loved ones uh, and wrestlers that we all loved. But, you know, you, you look at since then, we haven't seen, you know, nearly the, the trauma we seen back in the, in the 90s when I was there. Um, so maybe something good did come out of that. And uh, I, I appreciate your, your comments and uh, I don't take anything back. Uh, I don't think I'll ever be invited to a, a WWE show, but it's <laughs> okay. It, it, Life it, is good. It, absolutely, it, it is. It is good, and um, I, I don't want to talk about any of the history with Sable and Brock because you've spoken on that. I'm not going to touch on that. But the one cool thing I will touch on is that um, you're a girl dad like me. I got two beautiful daughters who are the love of my life, and you're a girl dad as well. But you adopted her. You adopted Mariah, and yeah. she's she's still very much your daughter today. And oh, you also yeah. have a granddaughter, which yes. is super cool because all those things you kind of missed maybe when Mariah was smaller. You got to, you're getting to experience now with your granddaughter. So oh that's gotta God. be just, that's like full circle, right? That's gotta be. It's the best. When they, when they come and visit me, we, it's like the gloves are off wherever we go. <laughs> you want to go wherever you want to go. You want to go to Disney. You want to go here. And this year we got a lake house. So they're going to be on the boat and, and water skiing or being pulled around the lake on a big raft. We're going to, we're going to have the best time. In fact, it was so funny that you just mentioned that my brother and I were just talking about that, of uh, making the arrangements of, of getting them here and uh you know uh, I, I just can't wait i mean we i'm blessed to have the relationship i have with my daughter now uh you know obviously going divorcing her mom was we went through some hard times but i adopted her when she was four or five years old and so she's always been my daughter and um uh, i'm really proud of her she's a great mom too absolutely and you're you're the great thing about now being a grandfather is because when you're a dad You've got to be a little bit strict. You got to be like, no, I can't give you that candy bar. I can't. You didn't have your dinner yet. But now you're a grandpa. So when Mariah's got her back turned and your granddaughter comes up to you and just gives you one of those big grandpa hugs and gives you that kiss on the cheek, you could sit there and say, okay, listen, here's a Kit Kat. Shush. Now go. I, I am a pushover. A I admit I am a, the biggest pushover, you know? But you know it's all about staying grounded, and, and we got a great family, and so I'm I, I I'm really enjoying it here in Georgia. I've only been here a few months, but I live close by my brother, and um, so we're gonna we're gonna spend a, we spend a lot of time together now, and 
And uh, it's just, you know, I mean, obviously we're all going through this, this pandemic and it's been difficult, uh, but you know, there's also been some blessings that came out of it because I was, like I said, I was doing about 230 events a year, traveling nonstop. And when the pandemic hit, it was the first time where I really got to really sit down and reevaluate my life and say, what, what do I want? You know, I mean, uh, gosh, when you, when you leave this planet, you're not going to care how many followers you had on social media. You're, you're not going to care how much money you had or how big your house was. The thing you're going to ask for is your loved ones, whether it's your spouse, your, your kids, you know, brother, sister, people that you love in life. It's all life is about relationships. And that's what means so much to me now. I'm, you know, I turn, I'll be turning 61 this coming summer, you know, and I only, you know, really, realistically, you know, I mean, do the math. You only have so many, I've had more summers than I'm going to have left. Okay. So I want to enjoy every moment. And, and I wake up, my, my, I tell you, I, I hit the ground running every morning. I, I you know, whether it's keep my, myself in good condition. Um, I answer a lot of mail, do a lot of stuff on social media. So it's been a, it's been a real, real joy. You know, life is, life is good. Absolutely. And another quote of yours that I absolutely love is that you don't live in time, you live in moments. And I thought yes. that was just the greatest line ever. And really it puts a lot of things into perspective, especially dealing with COVID. So I want to touch on this because you, you speak at a lot of schools, even though you're doing virtually, it's got to be hard for the kids and the kids aren't getting enough credit that they should be getting to, to go from that interaction, that in-classroom that kids need, that socialization to being ripped out of that, to being put in front of laptops, in front of screens. And we're all trying to control the screen time, but now we've added an additional six to seven hours a day of screen time to these kids, but they are soldiering through some stronger than others. And one thing my wife and I have always instilled in our 11 year old, and we will in our four year old, when her sense of understanding is a little bit stronger is that we're here for you tell us about your feelings. We want to have that open line of communication. I never want to have my daughter shut down like I did on my parents. I never let my parents ask me any questions. I didn't want them to know anything about my life because it was my life and I didn't care what their thoughts and opinions were. I don't want that for my daughters. I want better than that. So how are you um, teaching or how are you kind of helping with that, all the situations now with COVID plus also the bullying, social media bullying has got to go up. The virtual bullying now is probably at an all-time high. I know suicide rates are through the roof. And you just, yeah. Mark, you can't save everybody. We know this. You can't save everybody. So how are you trying to spread your message through this new virtual world that we're living in right now? You know, there's that, that old um, parable about that little boy walking down the beach and he's, all the starfish have washed up on the, sh on the, on the shore on the sand. And he tries to pick up each one. He's throwing them back in. And that gentleman stops him and he says, hey, kid, who, who, you can't save them all. And he picked one up and he goes, throws it in. He goes, I just saved that one. And, and, and that's the way I look at things in life, you know, is, is I, you know, obviously we, we read every day about someone that's taken their life or, or you know, is going through something that is just horrific. And um, it's something you said that was so important. And that's something I share with parents right now is, is man, talk to your child, man, you know, um, don't bust in the room when they're, when they're playing their video game and say, let's talk, you know, it's like, there's a certain time you need to talk to your child, but let them feel comfortable. And you know, the way I see that kids really feel comfortable opening up is when you share something about your own life, that was maybe detrimental. You look back and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. You know, we have to show that parents are real people too. We make mistakes. And the thing is, is that 
there are mistakes if you continue to do this, but they're learning experiences. If you can utilize those situations, especially with your child and say, you know, dad went through this or, you know, dad was into drugs and did stupid things that just, it almost killed me, you know? And there's certain things where kids are going to go, wow, I'm, I'm so glad my dad can be open and honest with me. I, I think I could tell him about this, how I feel, you know, because these kids hold it inside. And when you hold things inside, it's like a volcano. And sooner or later, that volcano, it, it erupts and erupts in usually depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts or, or you know, and, and, and that's why it's so important. Communication is the greatest thing we can have with our kids. And we got to keep those, those, those lines of communication open. And, um, and that's what I try to do is I try to just be real with these kids. And uh, on stage, I think that's why my presentations become so successful to me because I'm just, I'm opening up. They go, oh my gosh, if this guy went through it, you know, I don't want to go through this or, or I don't want to end up like that, you know? So I think um, through my heartache, you know, is, is learning experiences for other people. So. Absolutely. And you've, you've touched so many lives. And like I said, that speech, if anybody doesn't know the speech I'm talking about, it's the infamous mom speech. You just search up Mark Merrill mom on YouTube and that speech comes up. It is a great video. It's an inspiring video. It's an amazing video. And I want to talk about, I do want to ask a few more wrestling questions, but I want to talk about hope. And hope stands for hold on, pain ends. It's a, it's fantastic. And tell me about hope and the incantation of hope and how that all got really started. Well, it's the acronym for hope, hold on, pain ends, is that we, if you could just get someone to hold on, you know, like I said, you know, when, when we talk to kids that are suicidal, if, uh, you know, we can get them to hold on for another minute, another hour, another day, another week, you know, and, and, and pain will eventually end. We all go through pain in life, you know, and, and, and sometimes the memories of our loved ones is worth the pain that you may go through when they, when they pass on. So I think, again, by being real, by just being honest with students, they, they can feel it. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because I see the way that my presentations affected students, but um, I actually spoke to the FBI convention in Orlando. It was like 2,500 FBI agents. Wow. And I have never seen more grown men and women with their head down or teary-eyed in my life, you know, because it affected them in a, in a really emotional way because they can relate to maybe something in their life, maybe their relationship with their child isn't as strong as it should be, or they lost a loved one or went through something with their parents. So we can all relate to some part of my story. And, um, you know, growing up poor in, in Buffalo, New York, uh, parents divorced at a young age, kids go, oh my gosh, I, I'm living in a broken home right now. I live with my dad or my mom or, so a lot of kids can relate to different parts of my story, but the end result is, is hope is hold on, pain will end. I, I love the acronym and I, I think it's great. And, and you know what, There's, you never stop learning, I believe in life. Uh, every, every day is a new chance to grow and learn. Um, and I'm not afraid to admit this now before, it was a huge stigma for me, I didn't wanna talk about it, but a couple of years ago, my wife and I kind of reached a, a fork in the road situation and I had to look within myself and change a couple of things. And I sought out help finally after you know 35 years on this planet, I, I, I realized it's okay not to be okay. Yes. I sought out help myself, uh, found a great, uh, great therapist who's helped me through a lot and grow and change and become a better husband and a better father. And it's okay to, to, to not be okay, everyone out there that's listening. If you are watching this and, and you feel down, reach out to Mark. He's a fantastic human being. Like I said, he got back to me. I geeked out a little bit. I was like, oh my God, Johnny be bad. He's going to be on my show. This is crazy. It was, it was a great moment to see that. And the childhood, the child, you know, came out in me at that moment. And 
And also over these past few years, I've learned that everything that I've gone through in my life that I was angry for, for no reasons that I kind of lashed out at my parents, or I had some, some aggression towards my parents, my, my therapist helped me through it. And I still got a lot of work to do. It's a never ending process, but from where I was two years ago to where I am now, I'm a better person. And it's a, it's a yeah, person that I'm, I'm proud to look at. Yeah. I'm proud to look at that person. And, and that's, that's so, what's so amazing about that is that you just being able to talk about that part, yeah. you know, yeah. everybody thinks, you know, everybody wants to talk about how great their, their marriage is, or, you know, or how happy they are, but we all go through those forks in a row. You, you, you know, I, I, have been divorced and, and it's, it's one of the hardest things to go through. And, you know, when I hear someone like yourself that says, you know, I, I got the help I needed, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a therapist or a counselor or talking to someone about it, man. We all need someone to talk to at some point in our Dallas and I talk to each other, you know, about certain things in our life that maybe we wouldn't discuss with anybody else. Um, you got to have that friend or that person that you can um, know would not share your personal thoughts with, but can help you get through something, you know, help, help you get through that valley in life and, and get you to climb back up to that mountaintop. Absolutely. So uh, this is now a wrestling related question. And this could be a hard one for you, I believe. You mentioned a lot of great legends and names that you said working with them was like having a night off. Eddie Guerrero, your matches on Nitro are incredible. Kurt Henning, Triple H, Diamond Dallas Page. Out of those four names, we'll just say those four names. Who was the easiest night off? This is a hard question. Oh, you um, with all of them. Wow. The easiest, I got to say, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, I mean, Ric Flair is is right up there too because they're, they're just. I mean, if you if you've seen a Ric Flair match, you you know exactly what's going to happen. So when you're wrestling him, you know, uh, turnbuckle, flip over the top, clothesline him, <laughs> you know, on the apron. It was uh, you know, it's like it's funny, like because I watching him as a kid, and also I'm in the ring with him, you know. Um, and it was, it was so funny. A quick, quick story was I wrestled in, in Germany. I'll never forget this. It was the first time I just signed with WCW and we were in Germany and, uh, I was only a, maybe a year or so in, and, and I remember just, I was wrestling Ric Flair, you know I mean? I watched him on television and, you know, and he does the thing where he puts his hands out and then you go to grab him and he goes, woo, you know, and he did it to me in the ring. And it was like deja vu. It's like, I could see myself sitting watching that on television as a kid. It was the craziest thing, craziest feeling that I brought me back to my little black and white television or something, you know, but, um, but again, to answer your question, I, I got to say, um, Eddie Guerrero probably because he had so many different moves and so many, he could do anything. You, he would, he taught me spots. I did spots in that match on Nitro that I never did before. And maybe haven't done since that he, that he showed me just before we even got in the ring. He's like, let's do this. And that. I go, how do you do that? He goes, Oh, it's easy. And he showed me, you know, and then he calls it in the ring and he was just, just phenomenal. Yeah, the wrestling IQ was over over the top for him. And I do got to ask another question because in 98, you feuded with your, you know, your former wife, Sable. And you had that match where it was contract for contract. She couldn't find anybody to defend her rights. So she came out and you did the snaky, I'm going to lay down and take this pin. And you rolled her into the small package and stole that one. For a long time, at least in that year, you were one of the most hated men in <laughs> wrestling because you took Sable away from all of us fans. And I was yeah. a 13 year old boy at that time. And I did not want to not have Sable on the screen. So how was it coming to some arenas? Cause the attitude area, there were so many fans that lived and breathed it, man. How was it going yeah. to some arenas and getting the hate that you got over that? 
you know, even worse than that was when obviously we're married and we, we live together. We go out to a restaurant to eat and we and it was funny how people would <laughs> sometimes come to our table and say, you treat her like crap. Why are you they say to her, why are you even with him? And it's like, oh my gosh. You know? <laughs> Kate Faye was so, strong, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of heat and that was we had a lot of fun doing that. You know, people say, Well, that ruined your career when she sable bombed you and this and that, but you know what? He, the thing was is that you know you when you're married you 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 believe you're always going to be married and you so you're making as much money as you possibly can and that was part of a storyline we were making really good money back then um so I, I have no regrets you know I, I don't look back on life with regrets you know it's just wasted time you know I look at all the paths I took in life they ended up to right here talking to you living an incredible life man so I I'm I'm blessed to the the good, the bad, whatever, the ugly, whatever I went through, um, I'm here today and I'm at a great place in my life now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus, Diamond Dallas Page is your freaking neighbor and you guys are the power of positivities together. You're the mega powers of positivity. No, no, no. Going back to wrestling him. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes, yes. I'd rather get in a real fight. Okay. <laughs> we both laid it in there on each other you know and, and because we were such close friends it wasn't like what the heck man you know uh you know we 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 went pretty hard Dallas and i um but i love working with him man i mean i had some we had some fun fun matches you know and, and some good matches and we really did well together and it was also the beginning of Dells becoming the incredible world champion he eventually came and and it was weird because they kept putting me over dallas i mean it's a pay-per-view i never lost a pay-per-view against him i don't think i've ever lost a match against him but i, I had to leave and when i left man he, he skyrocketed and it, it wasn't because i was there it was just that the storylines they kept doing was johnny bad goes over ddp he wins the belt he wins the money he wins the girl you know it was just on and on and on and once i left man he just took off and I remember being at WWF and we talk on the phone and I just would be so excited for him hearing what's coming up next because he'd share inside information with me of things that were coming or going or happening. And I'd be like, just, that's my man, man. I'm so, so proud of him and so happy for him. And then my God, seeing his, 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 his program take off the way it is and so many lives being changed and saved, you can't be I'm the joy in life is seeing your friends and family members do well also you know it's that that joy I have with him and we go over and, and, and I might you might not have beat me in a wrestling match but that son of a bitch is kicking my ass in yoga man I gotta tell you I go over to his house and we do these private sessions with a few people just like four or five of us uh last week with Darby Allen was with us you know and DDP puts us through some I mean, I'm, I walk out of the pretzel man, you know, I'm walking out, my head's around my, my foot's around my neck, you know, it's like, dang, killing me, man. But I love it. I'm, I'm teasing. It's a, it's a great, it's the greatest program. It really is. And especially as you age, you've got to be limber and stretch and we start kind of shrinking, you know, and that's why you see older people that are kind of hunched over and their back gets rounded. And this really prevents that and helps so many people. So I can't recommend it or, or, or be more appreciative of being able to do it. Absolutely. My wife and I, we do do it. We don't do it. We're not religious with it. I, I do apologize if he's listening. Dallas, don't hate me. <laughs> do it. You, do it. you might have just ended up getting him on the show now, buddy. You, oh, just, no. you, love, you love DDPY yoga. You do it all the time. I do it all every day. I do it actually four times a day to make up for the days that I don't do it. <laughs> um, but 
But seriously, Mark, one final question. I think I'm going to let you go enjoy your evening before you can shout out your socials. And again, dude, this has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on my show today. I knew this conversation was going to be everything it was. And I want to let you know before I ask my final two questions. Um, you are now officially a member of the Straight Talk family. Sir, it would be an honor if you ever want to come back again. If you're bored on a Wednesday, hit me up and say, George, let's talk again for another half an hour. I would absolutely love it, sir. I would. It would be an absolute honor. And, and I probably will take you up on that. Absolutely. I, I, you got my email. I've got yours. I follow you on socials. If you could do the same for me, that would be huge. But no pressure there. Just to have a conversation. I don't call these interviews. These are conversations. A chance to sit down with somebody like you, who, like I said, has inspired so much change in wrestling and so much change in people. It's an absolute pleasure and honor. And if you do hit up DDP and he comes, man, I'm going to spend 20 minutes of that episode just talking about how grateful I am for you. So straight up, honestly, I'm, I'm honored. I, before you were just a legend, I was a fan of yours. But now I can say, I can probably say, Mark Romero is my friend. And that's pretty absolutely. freaking awesome. Absolutely. That's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> so my final two questions is, um, if there was somebody that you never had the ability to work with, that you wish you could have, because you were kind of around in the Attitude Era time period. You could have had your pick of the litter, but you've also worked with an, an amazing group of, of men and women in the business, in your time in the business. Is there somebody that you never really got, got to run a program with that you would have loved to, if given the opportunity back in the time? Um, you know what? Uh, I was tag team partners with him for a, a match in South Africa. We never wrestled against each other. And that was Shawn Michaels. I think I would have had a really good match with Shawn Michaels um, I, I loved his style and uh, he was very athletic. And I, I think that would have been a, you know, he's kind of like the, he's like Eddie Guerrero mold, you know, he's really could do anything, this guy, you know? So that's one guy I really wish I would have been able to, to have a program with or work, or work with. Absolutely. And um, uh, my final question before you can shout out your amazing program and all your socials is um, obviously you keep up on the program. Now you're probably, you know, you mentioned Darby Allen and stuff like that. So you know who the, the, the people are right now in the business. Um, is there anybody that you see as the future of this business, kind of like maybe a stone cold Steve Austin? I mean, mind you, we're only going to have one stone cold in our life period, but somebody like that, who's going to elevate the business, like a, a straight up goat like that, who's going to, do you see any, any stars that you, we should keep our eyes on in this time? Yeah, period? I, I really would love to see do well. Who's a good kid, you know, is, uh, um, uh, Rick Steiner's son. And, uh, you know, I, I spoke at his high school, you know, and it's so funny that today, I know, you know, Facebook shows you memories. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. It happened to be today was the day I was in his high school, like 10 years ago or whatever it was, you know what I mean? That's awesome. And, and now to see him that he's in, he's in the WWE, the, the NXT, their training center there, you know, the performance center, whatever you call it. Um, I, I just hope he does well, because he's a good kid, man. Um, you know, he didn't get his break in football. Uh, but he was a stud, man. And I, I tell you, I really would love to see him, uh, you know, kind of walk in his father and his uncle's footsteps and have a, a Rick Steiner or, a, you know, a Steiner brother out there or Steiner son out there again. Oh, for sure, man. And he could wear the, the headgear like his old man and be like, oh, <laughs> back home. I used to love Rick was so I love Rick, man. He's so hyped. I love that dude. Uh, uh Oh, Mark, please, by all means, if anyone out there is not following you, please shout out your amazing socials, platforms, and where they can find you and all the amazing things you do. YouTube everywhere. Shout it all out. Yeah, well, first of all, my name is, is Mark is with a C, so it's M-A-R-C-M-E-R-O. And if you just go to uh, YouTube, uh, it's The Mark Merrow on YouTube, and then the other social media, Instagram, 
uh, Facebook, you'll find me under my, my, my name and Twitter too, at, at Mark Merrill. So I'd love to, uh, if, you, if you saw me on this show, re remind me that you saw me on this show and I, I assure you, I will respond. No, oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And because I'm a glutton for self-promotion, ah, you can find me on Twitter at underscore straight talk on Instagram and on uh, Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling. And uh, the YouTube page is Straight Talk Wrestling. I got, I got one away from 200, which is a very big milestone for me. I started the YouTube page just under a year ago, and it's really been very welcoming, and it's been an amazing journey. And I've been able now to check off another bucket list interview. And Mark Merrill, man, this has been an absolute pleasure. Sir, I want to thank you, and I look forward to when and if it ever happens again. Uh, just thank you for taking the time out for my show uh, and – sharing your history and your message. It was absolutely inspiring. And I can't thank you well, enough for the time. I thank you and I thank your listeners for, for tuning in and um, God bless y'all. Absolutely, absolutely. That's it for us guys. This one's in the can. Thank you so much. Don't forget to tune into all the socials to find out who next week's guest is and stay inspired. Peace, love and wrestling. We'll see you guys all next week. Thank you very much, Mark. Again, it was a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.